Racing and LaGuerta reignite La Passion, and Deb gets the Trinity case opened, then gets kicked off, then gets kicked back on again after taking off her shirt for Masuka. What did you guys think of this episode overall? I felt like this was a pretty solid episode. Um, I'm a fan of the road trip, uh, the whole thing that they went through together, uh, Dexter and the Trinity Killer, so that was it was pretty interesting. Okay, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a good episode. Uh, it was, it was a lot more fun, by far, and it had, it had some things that were incredibly frustrating on second viewing, but still very, very good episode. Um, I thought this was a much better episode. Uh, of course, we still have storylines that I don't care about, but that's just kind of par for the course at this juncture. I can't talk. Um, but all in all, good episode. Loved the road trip. Loved that we delved deeper into Trinity, who he is, where he's from. Uh, pretty good. Pretty solid. Yeah, I was concerned uh, watching this episode because... This was so, this this one I liked so much that I was like, man, we should really slow down and savor these season four episodes. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. the show must go on. So <laughs> uh, it starts with Dexter in his shed agonizing after having killed the innocent photographer Pharaoh. Deb starts talking about her bludgeoning case, but accidentally shows the bathtub victim. Deb lays out at Lundy's entire case. Dexter is sure Laguardia is going to shoot her down, but she doesn't. You know, the the opening scene where Dexter is talking to himself about uh, Pharaoh, in in the previous episode, was it not revealed that he didn't actually hurt those women? He was just doing Photoshop? Because in this one, he, he immediately says, he's like, yeah, he beat women and did all this stuff, but he, uh, he wasn't a killer. So... My take on it, what I was what I was kind of talking about last time about how um, he was not as bad as the torture porn guy because he wasn't actually hurting people to make his artwork. Um, what he what he insinuated was that like some of the pain that they convey is real. So I don't know if he's like slapping people up or yelling at them or how he was getting some of this the there was like one picture in particular where um the woman was crying and he was like are those real tears or fake tears he couldn't tell um he also told deb at one point that he could make her a star if he roughed her up a little bit so i think it's i think it's sort of left to the left to the imagination as to how far he was going to make those pictures but then there were like ones that were obviously like the woman that was like eating her own intestines like mm-hmm. that wasn't real obviously which is why I said in the last episode that he even though he didn't fit the code he still deserved to die because he talked about roughing the girls up and he, he seemed like he liked to, to psychologically abuse the, the girls he took the pictures of is my take on it so there's no justice for illegals, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, you know, could never get a case against Their family's them. got nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, to, to, 
It's Miami. To base that on uh, more stuff that we talked about, about Scott Buck stealing from other episodes, it's like the therapist episode where the therapist doesn't directly kill the women, but he psychologically convinces them to kill themselves. Right. And uh, more Scott Buck bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very true. Uh, Deb starts talking about... Uh, no, went through that. Mitchell is lying over the casket, upset, possibly in prayer. He covers it with a tarp and leaves. Um, that's all we needed. All the scenes of him planning last episode, the whole cutting down the tree, deer, like all of that stuff, like we could have gotten all of that from this one shot of him with a casket in his house. But they needed to fill time last episode and give John Lithgow something to do. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have known how master carpenter he was. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice because I didn't even notice what he built, so I don't think I would have caught that. <laughs> uh, Kyle goes to visit Mitchell uh, and his family on his lunch break. Mitchell snaps at his son Jonah about the proper way to wax the car. His wife comes out with lemonade and tells Mitchell that his clothes are laundered, folded, and ready to be packed. Kyle asks about the upcoming trip. It turns out that Mitchell's going out of town for a build family is not going along. He snaps again, this time at his daughter for not watering the plants correctly. Uh, just, I like seems... that we're starting to get little glimpses here of the family. It's it's very Stepford, but then you see these little cracks, and I really like what's building up with his interactions with the family. Just these little tiny things. Yeah, yeah he definitely seems like he's, you know, a little bit of a control freak, which I guess we get through his like killings and such, but when you really boil it down to the way he talks to his family members, it's like, man, this guy's got a lot. There's so much more there that we can unpack that we haven't yet. So it was, yeah. And it really, yeah, it's it fascinating is, to watch. It speaks to John Lithgow's acting skills because he's he's so friendly and likable, and then he just turns and and yells at his son or his daughter and. And he, he, he fills it with so much menace that you're you're unsettled watching it. It's it's so intense. Yeah, meanwhile It is and you really do find yourself thinking like, Ooh, what is it like behind closed doors? And really getting excited that we might get to see, you know, what's what's beyond, you know, the the fifties housewife and the kids from the you know, the leave it to beaver type family love it yeah uh dexter looks into some excuse to leave town himself so he can follow and kill trinity before trinity strikes again deb tells dexter laguerta's taken her off the case because she was a victim dexter says that at least she's freed up in so many ways deb says i love you bro but sometimes you're a fucking tard and dexter says yeah i know uh, Dexter goes to LaGuerta and then Rita with the meteorology conference he wants to use as cover to go after Trinity. We get reaction shots from LaGuerta, Rita, and Harrison. Rita barters, she'll cover him for the weekend in return for him covering her for a Tuesday night yoga class. Yeah, an ongoing class. That's not a fair trade at all. He gets one weekend and then she, he has to cover for every single Tuesday? No. Uh. Yeah, he had that whole internal <laughs> monologue in his head where he's like, 
this will bother me later, but I'll deal with yeah. it later. <laughs> yeah, it's just like adding up little, you know, points, uh, marriage points or whatever, and uh, and we get more. The reactions, I think, were funny, though, because it's just that montage of him going through weather terminology, which I didn't think was that boring, but it's funny that everybody else thinks it's that boring. That he's he like he, he knows how to get away with these these moments and oh, make yeah. it work. He's doing it on purpose because the way he talks to Laguerta is like all buzzwords and stuff that she doesn't care about. And when he talks to Rita, it's like he he uses like all this excitement to talk about how it'll help his job and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I did love the f- yeah he bores them into not asking questions, which I love. I, I love that they have a reaction shot from Harrison as well. He's just like looks up at him like really. I I loved the Laguerta part because she's she's just like please stop, just stop. If I agree to this, will you stop talking about it? <laughs> uh, Mitchell puts the last of his sister's ashes into a spice container, which he protects with a T-shirt. Kyle shows up just as Mitchell is about to leave and tries to convince Mitchell that he needs him. He needs his generosity of spirit. Deb is listening in on Miami Metro doing a poor job of brainstorming about the Trinity case. She makes a blowjob gesture at Quinn, who mimed back, yeah, downstairs. Deb means DNA, and Quinn gets it and suggests it. LaGuerta approves the DNA sweep, not knowing how she's going to pay for it. Masuka will be stuck running it all weekend. Yeah, that was a little funny moment, because uh, at first... I didn't get what Deb was doing, so had I seen her do that motion, I probably would have had the same idea, thinking, well, it's Deb, and she's a hot dog stand, so... <laughs> yeah, I thought... She- she's been single for, like, a week. She's lonely. Yeah, I thought yeah. she was, like, making fun of how stupid everyone was to Quinn, but she was, like, trying to prompt him to say DNA, but his reaction was just priceless, the whole... yeah it's classic deb you know just trying to be a part of things but also not knowing how to do it the oh in a the right way i don't know the right way but like a more appropriate way (laughs) uh kyle asks too many questions and mitchell turns it around mitchell asks kyle what's on his mind why he's having to come to mitchell for help Dexter dodges the question, but Mitchell gets upset and gets up to leave Dexter to pit stop. And Dexter slash Kyle says, I killed a man. Dexter makes up a story about a hunting accident. Mitchell smiles. He starts talking about guilt and remorse. Now that's what separates people from animals. Deb calls Dexter to try and get more photos from the jumper to see if there's ash there too. Dexter goes to leave his hotel room for supplies, but Mitchell is just about to knock on his door. <laughs> Mitchell says they're not going to the bill tomorrow. He has a surprise for Kyle. All right. So this is where I'm like, I still love John Lithgow and his performance because I really liked him in this episode and I loved how it furthered the story of the Trinity killer, but he just sort of became Miguel where they're like best buddies and he starts to get all like giddy about hanging out with Dexter now because they have something in common. And I'm just like, wait a second. So legit, I laughed so much throughout this episode while I was watching it because I was just thinking of like, I don't know, coincidences that happen to be very Miguel-esque. Uh, did anybody else pick up on these moments? Like, or am I crazy? I, I thought this was so great because every time... Dexter is shocked by 
John Lithgow just like being somewhere, which happens multiple times in the episode. Like he's he's outfoxed by by uh, Arthur Mitchell without that guy even really trying. And so every time it happens, Dexter has like the panic of, oh shit, he's figured out who I am. He's about to kill me. And the one with the door is just so great because he, he opens the door and John Lithgow's just there, like, just about to knock and he goes, oh, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to come find you. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of laughs this, this episode. <laughs> and I see what you're, it is a little Miguel-esque, but I, I love that he just plays, like, that character is such a wackadoo that he's just either like really emotional or he's really acting like childlike or then he's overly excited and it's just like you don't know what you're gonna get one second to the next because he's nuts yeah i love just how off the wall it was because they he he has this moment where he he tells him oh i just killed i I killed a man you know i'm feeling all kinds of guilt and arthur has this like this moment of just quiet and he's like okay I see what's going on and, and you're like man what is going to happen next and then all of a sudden batshit crazy Arthur Mitchell that's what happens <laughs> <laughs> he's giddy he's so excited yes <sighs> yeah that little dance he does next to the van a little bit later on is like the greatest thing like that's that's a gift oh, that everyone needs to have it's just like Dancing around next to the van, so so excited. We need video of Zach doing that dance next to some rando's van. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> uh, Laguerta and Angel are working late trying to find budget cuts to pay for the DNA suite. Angel starts flirting, but Laguerta turns him down. Quinn shows up back from the bar. Several cops have agreed to donate a vacation day to help pay for the sweep. Angel and Laguerta hug, but she again, she again pushes him away. And she closes the blinds and locks the door. LaGuerta says, fuck it, and he does. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put. <laughs> that's what she oh, said. That's what she, I was just going to say that. Damn it. <laughs> oh, took it out from under me. That's what she said. <laughs> All right. Uh, Christine, the journalist, shows up late at Quinn's. She says she needs a story or she's going to be fired. She manages to scan... Quinn's living room and figure out that they're going to do DNA swabs. She leaves, making Quinn feel like she didn't want to stay unless he really wanted her to. Quinn drunk. Quinn don't care. Uh, Kyle tries to get out of the hotel early to get some killing stuff figured out, but again, Mitchell is right there waiting. Mitchell does a crazy dance. He's excited about Kyle's surprise. (laughs) Deb and Quinn agree that uh, Quinn is a tool and go to Dexter's discarded photos from the jumper. Quinn and Masuka have a conversation about how much tail Masuka almost gets at conferences. Masuka tells Quinn that Dexter is a pure jungle cat. He tells Quinn about how Dexter was doing Lila while he was dating Rita. Says Lila was insane, literally. Yeah, it's insane with friendship. (laughs) Not team friendship. And roofies. Uh, the neighbor brings the kids in from a fishing trip. Rita says they'll need to wait for Dexter to get home and clean the fish. But the neighbor says he can do it. Rita agrees to cook them, and she makes some mango salsa. Was it Sill's recipe? Sill's not coming, is she? Aww. 
Hey. I feel like neighbor guys trying to move in though. Neighbor guys moving in on, on her, and I don't like this. Oh yeah. She has a lasting impact on this show. Seal. <laughs> she. Seal the prop. Well, she'll never be forgotten, whoever she was. Uh, Mitchell and Kyle force their way into the house, apparently the childhood home of Mitchell. He takes Dexter to the bathroom where it all started. Mitchell says that he was 10. His sister saw him watching her shower in the mirror and became startled. The shower door shattered and sliced her leg, and she bled out. Mitchell's mother became an empty shell, eventually killing herself. His dad's drinking got worse, and he began beating Mitchell. Kyle asks what happens to his father, and Mitchell says he died eventually. Mitchell says he's never told anyone this. He's telling Kyle so he knows that Kyle's not alone. We're both responsible for the death of an innocent. Feel better? (laughs) This is a very chilling scene. Also kind of comical because the way they bust into the house. But uh, I I was like, okay, yeah. But I I was happy to have that backstory finally laid out. I mean, eight episodes into the season, I think it was enough time we were finally getting that information and it was it was yeah it was good it, but it was just like uh, uh one of those moments where um it was very funny <laughs> to me that they were intruding and then the people just were like whatever i mean uh, <laughs> the the best part yeah they waited to call the cops they would have called the cops right away i would certainly think well the best yeah. part like they're they're explaining uh they're, they're having this really emotional scene where he's reliving this horrible memory and explaining it to Dexter. And all the while in the background you hear this Asian couple, like, yelling. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just wonderful. And then as soon as he gets done, like, reliving the horrible things that happened, he, like, says to Dexter, See? We're, you're not alone. Feel better? Yeah. And then they have to go get food. <laughs> well, and that's where I say he gets almost childlike sometimes. Like he he regresses so quickly to his ten year old self, and he's like he seems like he became very childlike in that scene. Like, don't you feel better? I told you that I did the same thing. You know, just yeah, so many levels. Yeah, and I I, I think I I'm gonna give the show writers the credit for this one because I think they actually thought this far that they made the couple in the house not very good English speakers so that they didn't have just random people out there knowing about Arthur Mitchell's Mm. past. Mm. Mm. So I think that was the reason for the the casting there and the fact that they weren't speaking much English. That and if he would have killed them, there would have been no way to start an investigation. (laughs) I didn't say they were illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the journalist shows up at the food truck to ask Deb about the DNA sweep. Deb won't give her anything, but gives her Deb's card to set up the interview that she's been wanting. Dexter takes Mitchell to a hotel coffee shop he claims to have heard good things about. It's actually the location of his meteorology conference, and he ducks out to get his badge and a selfie with Sunny Skies, the weatherman. Yeah, what a shitty name that guy has. (laughs) Uh, the neighbor is chasing Rita and the kids around with a fish head. Rita misses the text from Dexter with the selfie. When he gets back, Mitchell has joined a family at a booth. He's been telling them about how it was a revelation to him how Kyle helped him with his sister's death. 
Kyle leads him away and mentions that he wants to stop by a hardware store to donate some stuff to the build. Man, the look on those people's faces was great. Yes. Just terrified. <laughs> uh, like, how... He's just... He's lost it. Like, it's almost like he's completely lost himself, which is hilarious because he's so meticulous and we see him in all these other facets. And now you're right, Brooke. He's a 10-year-old child and he just doesn't know how to yeah. control it. And it's so funny. Yeah. He just loses his it's mind. It's hilarious the way that, like... The, the dad or something is just like he starts talking about his dad's sister and the dad's like yeah we don't want to hear about that again <laughs> right like he's already said all of it he's already told them the story but he wants to say it again one one thing I do like that this episode shows too is that up till now he seemed very controlled you know Arthur Mitchell is very controlled and particular but now we're seeing he is not that controlled he's just all these roller coaster rides, you know, um, it's it's kind of more of an insight into that character. Yeah, it's, he's outside of his his like plan and his comfort zone. Like he has his mm-hmm. days scheduled down so much that mm-hmm. when he's outside of that routine, he can't he can't self regulate. So he just he goes from being upset and angry to being giddy to being suicidal to being really happy like dexter said the secret phrase that unlocked the final boss that's that's what happened hmm yeah um deb is in the bathroom looking at photos laguerta comes in humming something deb manages to hide the file from laguerta and laguerta gets away without talking about angel deb drops the file when she bends to pick it up her wounds hurts her and she pulls up her shirt to look at it. She realizes that the trajectory of the shot is straight. Trinity is too much taller for it to have gone that way. So she goes to Masuka to test the theory on him. He can't stop staring at her bra. Masuka gets up on a stool so that he's about six foot four. No matter how he aims, he can't hit her with a straight shot. The shooter turns out to be approximately Masuka's height. And Deb says, then who the fuck shot me? Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I gotta say, I didn't really see that coming, but then once it happened, mm-hmm. I started thinking about it, and I came up with my own, you know, theories uh, as to who it would be and why, which, you know, we'll see. I haven't gotten there yet. I think it's weird that uh, Deb doesn't have this revelation anytime earlier, because mm-hmm. they, they make it out to look like the reason that she figured this out was because she happened to be standing in front of a mirror when she did it, and so she could see the front and back of the wound at the same time, whereas normally she would be able to see her her back. You know, that part of her back, she wouldn't be able to turn around and see. Um, But if you have a wound like that, and you're moving around and it hurts, like, you're gonna look at it at least once a day and make sure, like, there isn't something coming out of it, or it's not turning a weird color or something. So it just seemed weird that like that was the moment that she realized that her that the shot was a straight shot. Yeah, I could see that, you know, taking some time cuz she's been pretty sharp in terms of like her detective skills as of late. Yeah. But yeah, that is true. That is strange that she wouldn't have picked up on that until this moment. Um Mitchell and Dexter get back to their rooms. Kyle bought supplies including plastic sheeting. Rita and the neighbor are the only ones awake in the house. Rita's a little drunk on wine. 
They have a hint of a moment, and Rita carefully breaks things off. Now, that's how I read it. Did you read it differently? Yeah. That's how I read it. Yeah, definitely. Like, nothing nothing happened there. It was just, there was a minute where it looked like it was about to happen, and then she... It was going to happen. Yeah. There were, there were thoughts being had in each other's heads mm-hmm. about, about each other that were unspoken thoughts. And, uh, yeah, it was very there clear. Was clear temptations happening there. Yeah. That's the name of my my resort next to Sandals is Clear Temptations. <laughs> <laughs> temptation Island is already taken, so. Yeah, so Clear Temptations. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, Dexter sets up his hotel room as a kill room. He puts Mitchell, he picks Mitchell's lock at 4.45 a.m., but Mitchell is gone. The van is still parked, but the tools are gone. Dexter races to the build site. Mitchell is about to jump. Dexter doesn't really see that. He pours out the last of his sister's ashes. Dexter runs over and grabs his arm just as he goes over. And then Dexter decides to let go, but just as he does, more people arrive and grab him as well and pull him up to safety. Mitchell says that he thought God wanted him to save Kyle, but God sent Kyle to save him. Yeah. I I thought that was weird because I was... Again, it was like another moment where we're in episode eight, and I'm assuming there's at least a couple more episodes for the season, and and we're put into that moment. It's less crappy than the deer moment, or or the chainsaw moment uh, from the previous episode, but I was like, man, okay, he's going to let him go. I didn't realize there were other people there, because they made it seem like it was vacant, or that nobody was really around, so those people jumped on that, like, lickety split to help to save... Uh, Arthur, whenever they, whenever we was gonna jump, you know, yeah, those slipping. people teleported. Like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. right, they were like, there, right where there. did they come from? <laughs> um, yeah, and even if they were like right there, it's like the way it was shot. It's pretty unlikely that they would have been able to catch him the way that Dexter let go. Like he should have fallen like a at least eighteen inches when that happened before somebody could catch him again. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they do kind of teleport those people out of nowhere. But, again, it's just between the chainsaw, the axe, and now the suicide attempt, Dexter has had three clear uh, three clear ways to make sure that Trinity dies. And in this third time, it's like he's a, he doesn't want him to kill himself because Dexter wants to be the one to do it. But then Dexter realizes, well, at least if I'm the one that lets him go, then... I did it, but it's still too late, and now he's he squandered three chances to have dealt with Trinity. More if you count that he went after the photographer instead of Trinity when Harry told him to. Um, Deb reveals to Angel, Quinn, and LaGuerta that Trinity didn't shoot her. LaGuerta puts her back on Trinity's case and makes Angel the lead on the murder of Lundy. Angel goes to lean on the table and it breaks under him. He and LaGuerta must have weakened it with their La Passion. <laughs> Angel and LaGuerta low-key hold hands. Deb has Lundy's badge for some reason. She tells him that she'll find his killer. Yeah, that's a nice keepsake. Like, the FBI's not going to want an FBI badge back at the Bureau. Yeah. That's so weird. She's going to... They don't take those back. They just, like, you can just take them to Goodwill and sell them, I think. Really? 
Real badges? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to go and get one. I, I don't think <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, Zach, you don't know about the future episode where uh, <laughs> she hires a plastic surgeon to make her look like Lundy so that she can break into the FBI. <laughs> Guess who wrote that episode? Scott Buck. <laughs> who else could write that? Oh, uh, man. The leader of the pack of shit. Um, <laughs> Mitchell asks Kyle not to tell anyone about his suicide attempt. They end up in line for one of the DNA checkpoints. Dexter tells Mitchell that they're looking for a serial killer and that they have his DNA. And Mitchell finds an excuse and pulls out of line to take the scenic route. So there's yet another time that Dexter thwarts Trinity being killed or caught or anything like that. Which the thwarting thing... Uh, that's against the code. Because mm. if the police can figure out who, who Trinity is and and get him fair and square, then Dexter's not allowed to take him. So Dexter kind of cheated there. Yeah. I also wonder, I mean, they, you know, they had, the, the line was a pretty long line, but uh, I feel like, you know, the way they had those things set, situated, he, he has the opportunity to make the U-turn before the line kind of technically starts. But um, I feel like, you know, they'd have somebody in a squad car chasing him down, being like, excuse me, sir, you have to go, th- if you're going to go this way, I don't know, I don't know the laws on that, but isn't that weird? Like, it seems like he shouldn't have got out of that line. You can, I'm pretty sure you can leave a checkpoint like that. Um, mm-hmm. they, they're they usually set up in such a way that it is an extreme hassle to get out of it. Yeah. My thing with them letting Trinity out of it, I think, was based on... Because uh, Trinity believed, while he was in line, that it was a DUI checkpoint. And he said it's like a little early for a DUI checkpoint. Um, and so the people that were in line probably also thought that's what it was. But they showed the front of the line and they had like 60-ish tall, blue-eyed white guys getting their DNA swabbed. So, Yeah. Um, I guess I guess it's a little different than the DUI checkpoint because I feel like the DUI checkpoints I've gone through before have been like, if you get out of line, they're going to come after you because <laughs> they think well, you're thwarting yeah. the law. But uh, maybe this one wasn't that yeah severe. Well, and they could have like pulled but you him, would think they could have pulled though. him over for sure. Yeah, but yeah, Miami Metro is <laughs> in charge of this one, so. Because, I mean, yeah, a serial killer, even if they think it's a DUI checkpoint, I guess you probably would bypass it. I mean, anybody bypassing any checkpoint would be suspicious automatically. If you're a criminal, why would you stop? So just seems, seems kind of silly not to just make everybody do it. Yeah. But. Miami Metro. Uh, this episode was directed by Ernest Dickerson. I believe this was his second episode. Uh, he directed nine total between seasons three and eight. This was written by Melissa Rosenberg and Scott Reynolds. Melissa Rosenberg was the uh, showrunner from seasons one through four. This is her second to last written episode uh, before she departs. And Scott Reynolds uh, has production credits on Dexter for 2011 to 13, wrote nine total episodes. His first was season two, episode 10, There's Something About Harry. Um, and he and Melissa Rosenberg have also uh, collaborated like this before. Uh, he stays with the with the uh, series going forward, so he's on. I think he's on all the way through season eight. 
Uh, so best line of the episode. Mine was from Deb. Uh, or no, sorry. Mine was from Dex when he says, I really do need to stab something. Yeah. When he's talking about, I think he's talking about I, Quinn, right? Quinn's getting into it with yes. him or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I went with Deb saying, Jesus, Masuka, they're just tits. <laughs> yeah. I liked, Seeing him get yelled at always makes me happy. I liked uh, a Batista line. He says, so we're looking for a potentially old white guy in, in Miami. Miami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Do you remember what Masuka said back when she said they're just tits? Yeah, but they're yeah, yours, exactly. right? Isn't that what uh, he said? Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're yours perky. and they're perky. Perky, yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. Perky, perfect. Yeah. Uh, how about worst line of the episode? Everything Masuka says. Everything. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty cringy this episode. Yeah, I went with Deb though on this one. Uh, Deb, when she says, "I love you, bro," but sometimes you're a fucking tard. I'm like, come on. Also mine. Also mine. Yeah, that's pretty much always going to be mine if somebody says that. Yeah, I'd have to look at dates. This was probably right on the cusp of that becoming a word people don't say. Yeah, because they've used it a few times over the the series so far, but yeah, that was about the time that 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 movement started, so still hate, hate the way she uses it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Chicky Hines memorial performance of the episode. I mean, are we not all going to be in agreement that it's Lithgow in this one? Oh yeah, I had Deb's breasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I guess Lithgow can't compete with that. I didn't consider didn't consider that one. I thought yeah. it came down. They are perky and perky. They stopped the whole show. It did. <laughs> I think it came down to Lithgow or the meteorologist Sunny Skies or whatever. <laughs> I mean, so good. Or the family at the he diner. He had a very good fake tan. <laughs> or, or, or the family at the diner, the Asian couple. The Asian that was, couple. That was good. I, I think his, his van dance overall, like that by itself, wins the performance of the episode. Fan dance is good. I love that. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for helping me out uh, talking through this episode. Thanks for everybody for listening. We'll 